Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And hi, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24, actually, it'll be 25 years in September. I know, uh, wow. Breast cancer survivor, <laughs> I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm a certified life coach and the author of my book, Thriving Beyond Cancer, and both Becky and I are the co-founders of Breast Friends. And Sharon, you had some a message you wanted to share with our audience. I time. did. I, um, I've recently read an amazing book called The Five-Second Rule, and uh, it's by Mel Robbins. And um, one of the things that she talked about really hit home for me, and that's when we're trying to do something out of our comfort zone and we have a little bit of fear or anxiety around whatever that might be. And she explained fear and anxiety basically as the body doesn't know the difference between those feelings and just excitement. So when you get excited about something, you know, sometimes your heart races and you get a little pitter-patter in your in your tummy and you you know, it's it's exciting, right? Like when you get on stage, Becky, I can imagine yep. you have that that feeling of excitement. Yep. And and fear basically is that same thing. We our heart races, we get a little sweaty, you know, we get all, you know, we have that funny feeling in our stomach. And and basically, instead of telling ourselves that we're afraid or that we're anxious about whatever this is gonna be that we're gonna be doing, um, we need to just change our words. Just talk about it as being, I'm excited for this rather than I'm afraid of this. And I just thought that was just a fascinating way of just changing how we look at things. And, you know, we can help get ourselves through some of those scary moments. Well, I'm really glad it wasn't about picking your food up off the floor if you do it within the count of five. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that's the only five second rule I've ever heard of. (laughs) But I could go on and on about her book, but but the five second rule actually is a fabulous book if you haven't. It's wonderful. Well, good. Thank you for sharing that. And I I do know those feelings, you know, when you're backstage and you're getting ready to come out on the stage and they're introducing you, you do have that moment, but it is excitement. And, you know, I remember having that same fear moment, kind of felt the same way when I jumped into that NASCAR the first time. So yeah. it was a little bit different. I was, you know, you, you know that story, I was afraid of getting stuck in the window. But oh, yeah. but it it's is. kind of the same, it's that same, you know, kind of anxiousness. But when I'm speaking, I, I those moments are really good for me, it kind of helps me build my energy. And I really like that. Well, thank you for that, Sharon. We're going to get on with our show now. And we have an interesting guest today. And this is a little different from what we normally do. Um, She is a cancer survivor, and we are going to hear her story. But how many of you remember Dear Abby or Ask Anne? I think they were both sisters. Weren't they twins or something? 
I, no, Ask Ann's a different person. Abigail Van Buren's who I'm thinking of, but yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of the same idea. Right. Well, on this week's program, we're going to talk about a new kind of advice column for the cancer community, and it's called Dear Hope. And we're going to talk with the writer behind that column to find out what letter to share her mindful advice to support those living with or even after cancer. So please welcome our guest, Erin Michaela Sweeney. Hi, Erin. Hi, Becky. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. And hi, Sharon. Hi. Well, we're excited to have you join us. So why don't you just take a minute and introduce yourself to our audience, just kind of the personal things like where you live, what your background is, before we get into the the nitty-gritty. I want our audience to know you a little bit. Oh, sure. Well, I'm a (laughs) 40-something. I'm a divorced mom. Uh, and I have, um, an eight-year-old son and the newest member of our family is a kitten whose name is Rexy. Mm-hmm. And she's named Rexy because my son wanted to name her Rex after apparently there's a Captain Rex character in the Star Wars Clone Wars. And he was obsessively reading these graphic novels all last year. Um, and I wanted to name her Pixie Sticks. You know, the sugary... Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember those. From, from our, uh, from our um, yeah. childhood. And um, so we came up with the compromise of Rexy. Perfect. <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> And well, she's usually curious, a story and this. she's fearless, you know, so. <laughs> cool. And she's, she's totally changed things up. We are much more in the moment because of her. <laughs> That's good. You know, pets are good <laughs> yeah. at that. I've, I've got a little dog named Swayze, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's – they bring you so much joy in so many different ways. So that's that's great. Well, why don't we get on? Let's talk about uh, why you know why did you want to be on our show? This is this is such a different perspective, and I believe you re- you might have reached out to us. I don't remember, but um, what what was it about being on our show that that kind of intrigued you? Well, I I want to try to help others. And I want to try to reach out to people in lots of different ways. Um, Ever since I made it through sort of the the major roller coaster of cancer, you know, not only the the physical aspects of the treatment, but the, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual aspects, which really go far beyond just the end of treatment. Mm, definitely. Um, I, I came to a realization that I wanted to try to help others. And, you know, when I faced that, that, that prime moment of the, so what? We all have that question when we are facing our mortality of, you know, okay, so here I am. Why am I here? Why am I still here? And, and that's what I figured out. And I, and I realized that your radio show would be a wonderful way to reach out to a worldwide audience to be able you to know, try to let them know, I am here to try to help. Good. And, you know, when Sharon and I 
kind of went, she went through it before I did, you know, 25 now almost years ago. And I went through it three years later. And Sharon, do you remember having that conversation? Why did we both survive? And and after all of that, we kind of came to this realization that maybe we're supposed to do something with that. So we totally, we totally get that. We started Breast Friends right after that. So that was, that was the beginning of Breast Friends right there. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your cancer diagnosis. How, when were you diagnosed? Um, what was the diagnosis, and what kind of treatments did you endure? Sure, sure. Well, I um, I was diagnosed in February of 2011. I actually received my diagnosis over the phone. My oh. uh, local hematology uh, oncologist had left a message saying to call him at home and left his home number. Well, and I have okay. to tell you, when a doctor gives you his home number, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be good news. No, no, no. no. You, that's not a good thing. <laughs> was this a doctor no. you had a relationship with? I mean, like long, longer term, or was this a brand new doctor, like oncologist or something? I mean, that's brand new just doctor. So, I was referred so to him through my primary care physician. Um, <laughs> I had met him once. He did some extra testing. So I wow. had no relationship with him. Wow, that's really that was a. Uh, I know, I know. It was a. Uh, it was a Thursday night. He told me that I had something called pH positive ALL, and I'll tell you what that is. That's okay. Philadelphia chromosome positive acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Wow. It's a kind of blood cancer. Mm. Huh. Wow. That's that. And that's a that's a big heavy dose, there, isn't it? To get over the phone. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so I what mean, kind of treatments did that I involve? Wrote down the specifics. I was like, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, kiddo. So, Aaron, what kind of treatments did that entail, and how long were you in treatment? Yeah. Well, I found out from him the next day that I would need something called a bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. Um, a BMT, a, a bone or or marrow or stem cell transplant to survive. Um, but first, I needed to get into remission, and then I needed to stay in remission, and then I needed to have a matched donor. Wow. I didn't really know all of these things from him that day. What I knew is that on that Friday, he said he wanted me in the hospital on Monday. Wow. Roller coaster. Hey, Kato, so let me ask you this question. What, before you had this diagnosis, did you have, how much experience or knowledge did you have of cancer just kind of generally before all this? <laughs> yeah, nada. I, I, nothing. Really? I knew wow. Zippo nothing about cancer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a steep learning curve, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one, kid. It, it is indeed, Sharon. I mean, and and I, I I dig in deep about things. I'm always wanting to find out more about things. But in this situation, I sort of put blinders on mm-hmm. because all the doctors, all the people on the healthcare team kept telling me, "Don't do research on the internet about it. All the information's out mm-hmm. of date." Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we advise people not to research their disease online because, you know, if they get into one of these blog chat rooms, they're only going to hear the negative stuff. Yes, there are some good support groups out there, but there's so much more negative than there is positive. And, you know, and there is outdated information and people suddenly think their disease is way worse than it actually is. So we just kind of generally advise people not to go surfing the net looking for, you know, self-diagnosis or figuring that out because it's going to cause more harm than good. We, we think, you know, and I mean, I've done it. We've all done it, I think. So it's like, you know, I think there's something real about that. So how did you prepare for your treatments? And what were your treatments? Yeah, well, Be- um, my treatment started um, with 8 to 10 days, 24-hour chemotherapy. Um, in hospital, administered via IV, of course, um, and they would switch from one kind to another. My particular recipe is was called hyper-CVAD. Um, different blood cancers receive different sorts of, of recipes. Um, but I was in the hospital, um, and I was receiving it 24 hours a day for 8 to 10 days. Wow. Okay, that's that's pretty intense. Um, and so it it sounds like you had really good medical care, though. You were at City of Hope, right? Well, actually, I was living on the East Coast um, near Williamsburg, Virginia, where I worked. So I was at a, a local medical center, that, and they were really out of their depth. Um, when I met with the local hematologist who diagnosed me, he was explaining that I would not be getting the BMT locally. I would have to go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. This is, and, this is, um, a, some, is it somewhat rare of a cancer or is it? Yeah, Sharon, that's a good question because it turns out ALL, this acute lymphoblastic leukemia, is quite common in children. So, but the pediatric form of ALL is treated very differently from the adult version. When it happens in adults, it's very rare and very aggressive. Um, And so there was actually confusion with the local hematologist um, doctors in his practice about what they were trying to do to treat me. Luckily, um, we had already been talking, my family and I had already been talking with friends who were smarter than we were as far as medicine. And we very quickly got hooked up with folks who had treated this adult version of ALL and had recommendations. No, that's good. That's great. So, um, so it's seven years later. It sounds like so. We obviously have a happy, happy ending to this story so far. So that's that's good, right? Am I am I to assume that? Yes, I am still here. I am still mom to my son, who's now eight and a half years old. He was only twelve months old when I was diagnosed. Oh my heavens! Oh, that's that's sad. That's scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's it's never an easy time. It's never a good time yeah. to get cancer. But 
golly, when you're talking about having a, a, a baby, I mean, he wasn't even out of diapers yet. So yeah, that's, that's a crazy time. Well, um, and, and so do you still return to City of Hope now that it's been seven years from all this? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I didn't realize at the beginning that a lot of folks after their cancer treatments finish, they don't go back to the treatment center or maybe they go back once a year for sort of a checkup. I'm at City of Hope quite a lot. Um, the specialists that help me with after effects from the transplant are all there because they know how to treat folks post-transplant. Um, I still see my hematologist um, every few months. He can do a blood test to make sure that everything is fine, no evidence of disease. So I'm still hanging out at City of Hope all the time. Oh, good, 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 good. Well, listen, Kato, we're going to go out to break, but one quick question before we go. Where is City of Hope? I don't even know where it's located. Oh, of course. City of Hope is located in Duarte, California. Oh, it's so you've got Southern quite a hike California then. outside okay. of Los Angeles. Okay. So when you go visit, you've got to buy an airplane ticket and do all of that. So it, this is a big deal. It's not like you're going down the street. Well, with that, we're going to take oh, a short oh, break. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I live in Southern California again. Oh, you moved. I moved back okay. to Southern California. I missed that. <laughs> I missed that. I'm sorry. I'm not sure how I did that because I do think I knew you were on our coast. But anyway, with that, kiddo, we're going to go out to break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about Dear Hope with our guest, Erin, is it Michaela Sweeney? I forgot how to pronounce your middle name. That's a beautiful name. Um, let's just pick up where we left off. And uh, you were kind of giving us some background about going to City of Hope for all your treatments and that sort of thing. But at the same time, you must have some sort of a writing background for you to become Dear Hope. Tell us about that. Sure. Thanks, Sharon. Um, I work in publishing for more than 20 years as an editor. So uh, what, I, what I would do is try to help recraft what others had written. Um, once I was diagnosed, I took leave from my editorial work, and I began to write first to friends and family um, and then more and more. So I went from recrafting to crafting um, with a lot of encouragement with, from a lot of folks in the writing community who said, I had the perfect background because I've been an editor to flip it around and become a writer. So I wasn't really a writer until I was diagnosed in 2011. Well, that'll do it for you, won't it? <laughs> it kind of shifts a few things. And, and I'm sure that opens up opportunities for being a speaker. Is that right? It is. It can be. For me, um, part of trying to give back was to try to do some fundraising. And I did it in various sorts of ways as a patient at City of Hope. Um, And I realized I was, you know, getting a little bit here and there. When the opportunity to uh, join the Speakers Bureau for City of Hope came up, I jumped at it because I realized that I could influence many more people that way to help support the cancer community and to get the word out about um, practical and mindful advice Mm -hmm. on how to live Mm -hmm. better. Good, good. And so then uh, are you also new at teaching? Actually, no. Um, in a sense, I've, I've always been a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a faculty brat um, <laughs> here in the college town where I'm living again in Southern California. Mm-hmm. My dad taught at the local colleges, so I... I sort of modeled some of my teaching on him when, when I was in, uh, throughout my editorial career, I always was supervising interns or graduate students, but it was more about teaching them 
how to gain more out of the experience. And then I also went through a year-long teacher training program for yoga back in 2005 and six, and taught yoga um, from that time onward. Great, great. And do you call yourself a cancer prevailer? I, I hadn't heard that term before. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I kind of made it up. And let me tell you why. Because okay. cancer survivor, um, a, a common definition is anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer from that moment forward is a cancer survivor. Right. And, and at the beginning when I got through and endured all of the chemotherapy, the total body radiation, the stem cell transplant, all of that, I felt like, wow, I survived. I am a cancer survivor. But then it sort of morphed into, I, I did more than survive. Right. And so I tried on a bunch of different hats, and none of them really suited me. Either the color wasn't right or the fit. Who knows? I wanted something a little <laughs> bit different. Right. Um, yeah. And earlier this year, I was thinking about, about it, and I hit on this word prevail. It connotes this notion that it's not an easy ride. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of just winning or thriving or, or succeeding, but, but learning to recognize that cancer is not going to rule over my life. I'm going to rule over cancer. I'm going I to love prevail. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I like you. that title. I that's a, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Cancer mm-hmm. prevailer. Yeah. So you are involved with an organization called hopeful.org. What is that? Yeah, well, City of Hope, where I've, I've had all of my treatments, is a world leader in the research and treatment of cancer. Um, and one of the things uh, that they have going is this online space called Hopeful.org, where anyone touched by cancer can connect and learn to thrive. So that means patients, caregivers, friends, really anyone can come and share their life with cancer. You know, and that's that's probably where the some of the articles come from because I saw that there's a, a a place called Topics and there's con- you know who contributes to the articles that are that are under that is it is it those patients? Yeah, well, there there are four main sections um, that you can navigate through: topics, discussions, sound off, and wishing tree. And topics. Um, have a, a lot of areas, including patient, lifestyle, nutrition, caregiver, recipes, research, survivor, and advice. Um, those are either written by the specialists in those areas or written by professional writers who have um, talked with, interviewed the specialists. So there's a lot of great information there. Sharon, that might be a good source for us to get some new guests for our radio show. Could yeah, be some, absolutely. Some mm-hmm. Experts in those in some of those areas. And so what are most of the discussions about on hopeful.org? Yeah, so that's an online forum. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think of it like a virtual waiting room. Because, you know, when we're sitting around waiting to be called in to see the doctor or for them to set up for a treatment or whatnot, you end up chatting with people who you're sitting next to who may be strangers to you. And by the end of the conversation... 
They're like swapping Facebook friends. pages. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that happens here too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's part of that that sisterhood. And I mean, in your case, because it's not breast cancer, it's probably more of a, you know, it's probably not as gender based as as breast cancer. But you know, there is definitely a a connection that people feel when they um, when they meet somebody else, kind of going through something. So. Yeah. Um, so how can people sound off? You said there's a tab that says sound off or a section called sound off. What, what does that mean and how do people participate in that? Sure. Well, that, you know, you, you said before the discussions were sort of like Facebook and sound off is more like Twitter. It's very short. People can share okay. a thought or advice or proclaim something or give things or request. And, and it's short and sweet. Mm, okay. Is it always sweet? <laughs> Usually, That's when people sound question. off, it's because they're not happy. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe Probably not quite so sweet. Probably not always sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's true. Um, At, yeah, on so sound off, there is some griping. Yeah. Do people then respond to the griping to say, "Hey, what about this?" You know, I mean, is there, I guess what I'm asking is, is there a back and forth, a way to communicate and get and respond, or is it just people sounding off and you, there's no, no response allowed? Well, how does, how do I have, I should go on and just see, but I haven't done that yet. So tell me about that part of it. Sure. Well, to have back and forth with people, that's really more in the discussion area. The sounding off really is like the name. You just want to just get something off your chest. Okay. Okay. And then the wishing tree. What's the wishing tree? This is really special because it's a a virtual version of what's really at City of Hope. When you're driving onto the City of Hope campus, right near the front entrance, there's, there's a little cement island of wishing trees, these live trees. From a distance, you see sort of a rainbow what seems like leaves fluttering in the wind on these mm. trees. But up close, mm-hmm. you discover there are words, handwritten words on construction paper tags tied to the tree's branches. And mm. so this is where people have um, proclaimed some prayers, blessings, hopes, and dreams, and what they want to share from their hearts with the world. And what they've been able to do on this section of hopeful.org is make a virtual wishing tree. You can actually rotate it all the way around 360 degrees, zoom in, and take a look at what people have virtually hung on the wishing tree. Wow. And so what, ha- what happens with those wishes on the wishing tree? You know, it's, it's sending out this energy of... Of hope. Okay. So nobody's coming yeah. in behind them and then trying to make these wishes come true. It's just uh, it, it's just the, the people kind of getting this sort of out there and putting it out into the universe, I guess, as they say. Is that is that what I, am I hearing that correctly? Or is there actually a, an attempt made to fulfill some of these wishes, kind of like uh, make a wish? Is it anything like that? I just didn't really understand it, so... I don't think so. It's not like a -a make-a-wish. You know, when people are actually searching for back and forth um, and 
and that sort of thing. That's more in the discussions area, the forum. Okay. It's more of a spiritual thing. It sounds like yeah, you're just kind of like putting it. it out to the to the world or to to God or to your whatever you know the nature. Yeah, that's what yeah, it sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sharon, it kind of reminds me of that time we did that workshop where we were supposed to write down, in this case, um, something that we were dragging around with us and yeah. write it on a piece of paper. And then we kind of prayed over it or, you know, they just they didn't use the word prayer, but that's what people, some people were doing. And then we took that that piece of paper with this kind of negative energy that we poured onto it and then tore it up and put it in a hole in the ground and they put a plant over it. You know, to it was used as fertilizer. Yes, it was all this literal. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, being used to fertilize these plants that are now all over Merrillhurst University, which is really pretty cool concept, I think. And and it yeah. does really help to kind of unload some of those um, those negative thoughts and uh, maybe some of those negative things that you have been hauling around. And and when you're going through cancer, I you know, there's a lot of things that that come into mind. You know, I was worried my husband was going to leave me for some 22 year old. You know, I thought if I died, that's what he would do. And, you know, I I looked through my closet and even pictured her size two little tiny clothes in there. And I was really upset. (laughs) Uh, That never happened. We just passed our 38th wedding anniversary. So, you know, (laughs) sometimes the things that we worry about and concern ourselves about never turn out to be true, but that doesn't make them any less real at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're feeling those things and thinking those things. So I think putting them out there on a tree like that is just a really good way to kind of clear it out of our brain and out of our hearts, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the wishing tree, if if I understand it correctly, would be more positive things. Well, we're to, we, we, that exercise we went through, I think, was more for ridding ourselves of of, right. of the icky stuff. But yeah. either way, I think um, again, I think it's a powerful, powerful exercise, powerful um, uh, kind of a gesture for mm-hmm. for people to do. So that's neat. Yep. I would love to see. I'm going to go onto the website and and hopefully there's a picture of it. I'd love to see that. Oh, that'd be great. So let me ask you, Aaron, is the wishing tree and the sound off and the discussions that this whole thing, this hopeful.org, is that all connected to City of Hope? Do you have to be a patient of City of Hope to be able to access these tools? Oh, no, not at all. It's it's okay. available to everybody. If you have an internet connection, you type in hopeful.org and it's all okay. right there for you. Okay. So you don't need um, a special a password. Sign up <laughs> okay. So that you can get in there and that's... Um, it, it, they, they don't do anything with it. It's just a way for you to be able to go in and out easily on the website. Sure. That makes okay. sense. Yeah, Good. it really does. So, so, so that this is all really helpful information. And Sharon, I agree with you. I'm going to go in and, and take a look um, at it and just kind of see. I, I, I looked at it very quickly, but I didn't really do anything. I didn't really tootle around in it very much. So, yeah, but there's yeah. sounds like a really good resource for people that, and is it all kinds of cancer? It's not just your oh, kind yeah. of cancer, all, all cancers. Oh yes. No, City of Hope treats, it's, it treats all different sorts of, of cancer sort of from okay. head to toe. <laughs> okay. So right, hopeful.org right. then would anybody, anybody can with any kind. What about people who don't have cancer and maybe it's a friend or a family member who is maybe looking for some feedback on ways to support? Would they go into the discussions area, perhaps, and 
and post something um, out there? Yeah. There can be discussions going on, of course. You can sound off. And also, there's a lot of great articles about um, ways that you can support your friend or family member who has okay. cancer. And, and even some articles about sort of, here's some things you really don't want to say to your friend who has cancer. Those sorts oh, of good. articles are there, too. Oh, right, that's, right, right. that's a good one. I think we have a spot like that on our website, too. Yeah. You know, ours is breastfriends.org, and we have a lot of good questions on there, things to ask your doctor, and then tips for friends and caregivers. And I do believe we have a section that says things not to say. It's amazing what people will pop out of their mouths. Oh, they, my goodness. That and, is the worst part. Yeah. yeah so I maybe mean, people when we say things to, to, they think they're relating to yeah. you, you know, and you're like, Really? <laughs> I know, right? So, you know what? I think when we come back from break, um, which we're going to have to do in a second here, we should pick up that conversation just a little bit and touch on that because I know it's not part of what, what Aaron wanted to speak with us about today, but I think it's kind of important, and I don't want to leave that where, where we just left it. So let's pick that up on the other side, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. 
Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about uh, Dear Hope with our guest, Aaron Michaela Sweeney. So let's go back to what we were talking about right before the break and, and talk about what not to say to someone who's been diagnosed or is going through cancer treatment. Because Aaron, as we were just saying, there's so many things that people say and you just kind of think, really? What what was that about? (laughs) And Sharon, to your point, they're trying so hard to relate and they're trying to They really are trying. But, (laughs) but but, you know, when, when, when you say, um, or they say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, that you have cancer. My, my aunt had cancer and she died. (laughs) I mean, stuff like that. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm sure I didn't need to hear that. Right. And, and Sharon, one time I had that fellow who said to me, and I know he was trying to be positive. He said, well, the good news is no one dies from breast cancer anymore. Uh, I want to smack him because, yeah. you know, if you're talking to someone who just lost a relative or they themselves have now advanced to stage four and they're fighting with everything they've got, yeah. you know, hearing that, I know they're trying to be positive and trying to put that positive spin, but all it does is take away the, it, it kind of in, invalidates the feelings that you have. And it's, it's just not, it's just not cool. I mean, it's great that fewer people die from it, but one is still too many. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and especially one, if it was someone you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I just, you know, I, I think we just need to be generally, I don't know, cogni- cognizant, is that the right word, of the things that come out of our mouths when we're talking to a cancer survivor. We all want hope, but we don't want we don't want fake hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, Aaron, if somebody wrote in about that, because as the writer of Dear Hope, <laughs> how would you answer that question? Sure. What shouldn't I say? How would you answer that? Well, you know, I would say to someone who, let's say she's a, a friend of the cancer patient and she, her, her best friend just got the cancer diagnosis, um, breast cancer, and she's freaking out and she doesn't know what to say to her best friend. And one piece of advice that I would give is be honest, be truthful. If you are freaking out, Say to your best friend, I'm freaking out for you. And right. and one of the other things that always bugs me is the what can I do for you? This sort of blanket, <laughs> really vague not offer. helpful. <laughs> not really yeah. helpful. You know, not it's like that makes more work for me. I have to assign yeah. you a task. Why don't you offer a specific task? Like if you need a ride next week to your treatment, call me and I will be there for you. Right, right. Wonderful, and, yeah. and again, one of the things that Breast Friends is just, you know, we've done from the beginning is try to take that onus off of that patient, whether it's referring them to Breast Friends or uh, with the friends and family is because, again, being proactive, like I would, I uh, made a big pot of spaghetti and I'd love to share some with you. Can I bring it over tonight or tomorrow would be better? You know, almost use your sales skills, <laughs> you know, give them, give them an True. either or kind of a, an option because, yeah, if you're not specific, they're, they're going to say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then they won't take you up on your ideas. And so it is really important to be very specific. So yeah, thanks, Erin, for that. Yeah, you know, let me just share real quick, a real quick thing. One time when I was 
pretty new and I was going through all my chemo when I was home. Uh, Bill's, co- my husband's cousin, Candace, called me one day and she said, hey, I'd love to come by and see you. Is that all right? And I said, well, my house is really messy, but if you promise not to look at it, sure, come on over. I, you know, I was lonely. So she showed up about an hour later and she came over with a whole bucket full of cleaning supplies because now she knows I need my house cleaned. She's not going to ask me, can I come over and clean your house? Because I would have said, say no. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, oh, thank you. That's really sweet, but I'm fine. And I wasn't fine, but she showed up at my house with this stuff. And she said, okay, I'm here to clean your house. You can either, you know, take a nap or, you know, sit and visit with me while I do it. And so I let her in. It's like, okay, I'll let you in. And she came in and just started cleaning my kitchen. And all that positive energy was was super helpful, but she did it the right way. She discovered or kind of uncovered a need and then she came over and took care of it she didn't ask me if I wanted her to do that (laughs) and she's somebody that was close to the family you wouldn't do that with a near stranger but you know I I think that there's some value in that and that's really one of the reasons we started Breast Friends was to teach people how to be more proactive that way Mm -hmm. so I think that's a really important thing that you do so Sharon I think you had some other questions for her too well, I, I just wanted to, um, you know, how how do you define your cancer community in general? Yeah, so, you know, even though the Dear Hope advice column appears on hopeful.org, you know, it's the Internet. It's, it's everywhere, and it's for everyone. It's not mm-hmm. just someone who was just diagnosed okay. or living after cancer or a caregiver or a friend, if you have a curiosity or a question, come in, find out. So in a sense, I kind of think of the cancer community as as everyone. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because, again, you can, that information is going to be out there, and uh, so it's good. So in general, what kind of advice do you give for a newly diagnosed patient? What, what I'm trying to do with Dear Hope is to give a lot of practical advice that's also mindful. I, I want to try to soothe some of the anxiety that comes with the diagnosis, with entering this whole new world of cancer by giving, you know, practical little tips of sort of how to navigate it. Right. That makes sense. And uh, do you, uh, at least at Breast Friends, we um, kind of feel that the, when you're very, very first diagnosed, and then when the doctor says, okay, yay, you're done, see you in a year or see you in six months <laughs> or whatever the time frame might be, um, those two are uh, kind of the scariest times. Um, and that's basically what my book is, Thriving Beyond Cancer, is, is trying to deal with all of the stuff after you're done with your treatment. And and I know um, many times we don't have the bandwidth, the, the, the time and energy to even kind of worry about a lot of the things that when we're actually going through treatment. And so when you actually are finished, all of that, all of that stuff floods back. Um, and so I don't know, is that, is that what you find to be the case? You know, I think that's so true because when you're enduring all of the poisoning or the radiation or whatever, 
Um, you're just trying to keep your head above water. And suddenly, for most of us, that whole cancer community at your treatment center, you're done, and then you're dropped. Yeah. And it's like, what? What? And you're looking around, and it is really scary. And then you have to figure out what people like to say is your new normal. (laughs) And I... I write a lot about that on my on my website about trying to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to comment on something that you just said. You know, this whole idea of being dropped afterwards. You know, I don't think it's so much about being dropped as it is that you know they don't have the time to continue to work with you like they were when you're in treatment. You know, a lot of these cancer centers have wonderful nurse navigators who will follow patients as long as they can. But there comes a point where they've got a whole new caseload of people in front of them. And one of the the things that we encourage people to do, like nurses and nurse navigators, is when they get to that place where they're, you know, they've worked with this patient as much as they can, um, do a warm handoff to Breast Friends or some other organization, you know, it's close by, and and say, you know, these, these people can take care of your emotional situation and whatever. I'm not sure how you word it, but, but just don't, don't drop them at that point. But I know that, that a lot of the nurses I've met, their hearts are so in the right place. Oh, they are. And they would, they would follow you forever, but the reality, the reality is they can't, they don't have the bandwidth to do that. And there's really no ROI for the hospital or the clinic or, um, uh, the doctor really to do that. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And that's why I think Breast Friends is a great handoff to something mm-hmm. like that. So we can help them through that that crazy time. And yeah. it sounds like Dear Hope is able to help them in that way as well, which is wonderful. Um, so why are you writing the Dear Hope column instead of maybe a, an, another specialist? Yeah, well, you know, I we we talked about the Dear Abby and Ask Anne, and and they were actually twin sisters, and um, Anne Landers won a a writing contest to take over an advice column, and then her twin sister Abigail was helping her, and they just started to do a column for her as well. Um, and I don't know if you've ever heard of um, Dear Sugar. It started yeah. as an advice column on the rumpus, and it was writer Steve Allman who started it, and then he handed it off to Cheryl Strayed. Uh, she wrote Wild, which was made into a movie starring oh, Ray yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, and now they have the Dear Sugar podcast that they do weekly, and they they extract bits from it and have that published in the New York Times. And basically, advice columns have never been written by specialists. Just oh, people. Okay. And, um, you know, the, and being the a cancer there at Hopeful. I'm sorry, being a cancer sorry. survivor, obviously, you're, you're an expert of your own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And they, and they were saying, well, we like your voice because, um, you know, you're a mom and you're, you're a little bit younger and you have this writing and editing background. And, and basically... One way or another, I have kind of sampled the cancer buffet of a lot of different sorts of treatments first to um, get to no evidence of disease and then also to help with the after effects like neuropathy and fibromyalgia and all that sort of stuff. 
right, right. That makes sense. So how does City of Hope, um, as host of uh, Hopeful.org, enrich your column? Um, Well, this is really wonderful because the City of Hope campus has uh, research facilities and also the hospital where they treat patients, um, and, and they have all of these all of this expertise, and all of that backs me up with info on the various topics. And so if I have an aside where I mention something about, you know, good oral hygiene uh, for those uh, in cancer treatment, they can insert a link to specific information that they have right there on the website. Oh, that's, that's great. great. That's well, listen, we're, all, we're almost out of time. So before we end this program, real quick question. How can listeners submit a question to you for possible publication through Dear Hope? How would they do that? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, at the bottom of each of my columns on hopeful.org, uh, there's going to be a place where they can submit a question that will be forwarded to me. Okay, that's that's wonderful. And then are there other ways that listeners can reach you? Definitely. Um, I have my own website. I tried to go as short as possible, but I had to use my full name. So it's erinmichaelasweeney.com. And one of the pages on the website is a contact page. And you just fill out, you know, your name and your email, and you can send me any kind of message you want. That's wonderful. Great, great. Okay. Well, listen, and, we're, we're, we need to actually go out to, uh, we're actually going to end the show. We're not at break anymore. We need to end it. But Sharon, did you have any closing comments? I, like, I just I just wanted to ask you one quick question. Your, ta- your, um, your particular column, which category are you under? Topics, uh, discussions? Oh, yeah. I'm under topics and okay, under the specific uh, label of advice. Okay, perfect. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's really been, I had no idea that this existed, and I really didn't even know about Hopeful.org. So I'm, I'm actually going to go in online and take a look at some of the things that are there. So thank you so much, Erin, for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. And for those of you who are listening to our show, if you or a loved one ever need any of our services, please visit www.breastfriends.org. There's a lot of tabs on there. There's tabs for patient services, friends and family. Uh, There's also a big blue donate button at the top of the page, and your donations help us keep this program going and other things. In fact, everything we do for our patients is pretty much free, and we do rely on donations to make those things happen. So if you are so inclined, we encourage you to do that. And we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.